what are you bad at and how can you make that better and then does this thing you know do other things really well if it does then you know great then that's a, you know that's that's what you need to look at but a lot of times i see companies try to bite off more than they can chew they try to Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Michael Reuter, who is a customer success advocate and product manager for 360 Sync at Applied Software. He helps ensure clients have a successful implementation with BIM processes and tools, and he brings creativity and strategic thinking to solving problems. Welcome to the show, Michael. Hey, Todd. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, so let's start by, you know, how, well, what was the evolution of, you know, a graphic designer coming into the construction industry? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a fun question. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, I worked as a graphic designer for five years. Um, I, I met my wife there, actually. So I don't really have any nice. complaints. I just, it just wasn't. It worked out well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't. I just found out it wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't like, uh, I, I love art. Um, if you can see my background, maybe you can, maybe you can't. I, I, I'm, I'm an illustrator by trade, but I just didn't like uh, being uh, directed as to, you know, what, what to draw or what to do. So like, uh, it just wasn't, I, it wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. So <clears throat> I, I, I jumped right into uh, construction instead. I got, got my master's at at uh, Auburn, my wife uh, walked, uh, you know, supported me through that. So it was, uh, you know, I just figured it was time for a change, and I wanted to do something completely different. To me, construction was more black and white uh, than the art, than uh, graphic design and, and and art. So that's what I went and did. Interesting. So it was the kind of the black and white starkness that appealed yeah, to you. Yeah. Either yeah, either you're right or you're wrong. You build it the right way or the wrong way by the plans or or whatever the creativity uh you know you used your creativity to solve problems but r rather than um you know that was the you know creativity so subjective mm -hmm. there was there was there was not as much subjectivity in it that's what i liked yeah interesting uh so what do you think is kind of one of the the biggest misconception people have then with bim coordination um i i think uh the biggest misconception in my opinion with BIM coordination is that they, you know, people think, oh, there's thousands of clashes or whatever with this. So I need to address all 1000 of them. Mm -hmm. um, to me, the biggest value uh, that I had as a BIM coordinator when I worked at Walsh Construction was um, I, I, it wasn't so much that, okay, there, here's a thousand different clashes that I found inside of Navisworks. It was, how can I solve these uh you know, quickly and easily so that, and, and then, and then uh, convey the idea of, as to what the solution can be to, to my, to the, you know, to the rest of my team. So it was, it was grouping things together and coming up with a, with a, a, a quick and easy solution that that'll be uh, productive and, and cost-effective for everybody. So it's not really about the number of clashes, I guess, to sum it up. It's mm -hmm. about solving um, the, those complex problems. Interesting. Uh, so, how do you go about kind of shifting that mentality when you see there's, you know, thousands of clashes that, that seems yeah. to so, you. <laughs> yeah. So the first time that I ever did it, right. You know, so I was working on this big hospital project. Walsh kind of threw me right into it, sink or swim, you know? Yeah. And, and so, uh, 
I run Clash. I learned how to do that when I went to Auburn. Uh, did Navis work, set everything up. And uh, um, I did my first floor of my, of my hospital project. And there was like 15 or 1600 clashes. And so like, I think like, you know, I had a minor heart attack <laughs> and I was like, oh God, this is going to take me years to do. Yeah. But, you know, basically I just kind of learned, you know, I could go through each one and I could do that. And I could, you know, make a point to talk about each one. But what I found out, especially like just during the first time that I ever did it was, you know, I could, I, I could go through those things and I actually did. But I found that, you know, a lot of the times it was uh, the same clash, you know, so I was, mm -hmm. I was being redundant. I was wasting my own time just by looking at that. So what I started doing was actually grouping things together so that I could see the whole picture of the building. And yeah. so when you see the whole picture of the building, then you can make decisions like, okay, it's not just, hey, move this duct here. You know, like if, if it's a whole line, that's the problem, then you know, just take one picture of the whole line and that's probably going to be 50 clashes. So mm -hmm. if you're breaking down 1200 into 50, that's what, like, I don't know, it's like 20 a lot or something more manageable. Like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a whole lot more manageable than, than, than 1200. So, yeah. yeah interesting. Uh, what are some of the trends that you're seeing when it comes to construction data? Um, a lot of, so, you know, I, I've been working with 360 sync for about four years now. And so we've always kind of had this conversation with our customers, like where they, they want to move files, but you know, you know, every once in a while, someone's like, well, I really want to move my RFI data, or I really want to move my submittal data or fill in the blank, right? Mm -hmm. They're wanting to move some kind of data, right? Mm -hmm. But that's really becoming more and more popular now. Like I'm seeing, like, especially the bigger companies, they're looking to migrate their whole systems from one place to another. Sure. And so that's kind of what I see the trend is it's like people are really, uh, especially they're, they're starting to come out more and more. They want to move data from one place to another so that not only is the file the same, but the information is exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So That's, let's take kind of a, a moment on a, a bit of a deep dive with integrations, because when you're moving files from, you know, platform to platform, it's going to most likely take some sort of custom integration. Why would someone look at developing a custom integration as a solution? Well, uh, you know, maybe they have like a funky thing that, you know, maybe they have a specific workflow. Uh -huh. Okay. Maybe they, um, uh, maybe they use a very specific, uh, you know, piece of software. Maybe um, there's just certain things that they want to move from one place to another, or maybe there's just nothing out there that does exactly what they need to do. I would say that those are probably the three biggest reasons. Mm -hmm why someone would want to, to create something custom. And that's, that's typically who we, who we talk to are people that are looking for those three things. Interesting. So, uh, you know, my first kind of honest thought with that custom integration is, is money. It sounds expensive. Therefore, you know, kind of something that only, only those bigger companies can manage. When does it become cost-effective? So, yeah, so I would say that I think that that is kind of a, a misconception. I think that we're pretty competitive with that. But but I think that, you know, the the, the biggest thing that you really got to think of is, you know, especially with us, what we typically do is we're trying to automate a process, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's moving data, whether that's moving files, whether that's, 
you know, doing whatever. So what you really need to think about is how much time does it take me to do it now? And how much time is it going to save me if I automate the process, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, what we try to show with 360 Sync is that basically by the end of the first month, you're going to make, you know, you're going to, the time that you saved is going to, is going to be more than the cost of the the product, basically, you know, something like that. So you need to kind of look at that and see if you can prove that. The other thing is, you know, maybe it's not an automated thing. Maybe, maybe it's money or it's risk that you're trying to get rid of, but, but really what you're trying to do is find, find an area where you, where you're terrible or where you're, you're really weak. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you're trying to improve it, you know? So, uh, I always try to tell people, you know, you know, uh, find the easiest thing. What's the what's the biggest way that you can improve? What's the most obvious, the most painfully obvious way that your company can improve? Mm-hmm. You know, think about that, and then, you know, w- you know, if it, you know, if we can uh, improve that baseline, then you, you know, then that's then that's great. You know, take yeah. the biggest problem that you can find, and or the yeah, and and then see if you can cut, you know, cut it improve it by 20% or something like that. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, Consulting and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit asti.com and let them know we sent you. So what advice would you you give people that are uh, in that process to be able to find those places where they are weak? How do you do that kind of honest self-reflection? Well, you know, I mean... I, I just straight up ask them when we you know. So what we do, we'll come in and we will, you know, whenever we're, we're, we're looking at doing a custom integration with someone, mm-hmm. uh, part of the process is just figuring out how they do it right now. And so, uh, you know, you can, you can see the one, you get on the, 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 the meeting with them, they're, they're doing the picks and clicks showing us how they, you know, connect to a site or the, how they connect to, new former or whatever mm-hmm. and so then you kind of hear the frustration you know in their voice when they're ta- when, you know when they're trying to do one thing and it's and it's painful right and so you basically we document how they do it now and then we have a discussion about how they want to do it later uh, or how in the perfect world i guess how they would do it and then the, our job is to make is to get it from now to to uh to optimize or to you know to the to the end goal so um you know we just ask them you know if something's annoying them why does this annoy you you know like what do you how do you think that this could be done better um you know what uh how many people do this do you think this is a widespread problem or is it just you um stuff like that so those are the kind of the questions that we ask yeah interesting so do you think that when somebody's going through the self-reflective time and finding those weaknesses is it helpful then to have kind of that you know objective third party that doesn't have the emotional tie to it because what i think would be a really easy trap would be you're going through and you're like 
yeah, this might be a little annoyance, but we have this solution for it. We've found a workaround for it. It's not that bad. And you can kind of justify. Yeah. You know, I think, so Todd, I I think I always fell into that myself. Like Uh when I was doing something, you know, I didn't even really recognize how much time I was wasting doing something. It was just like, oh, you know, I figured it out. You know, I've I've gotten better at doing it, even though it still sucks. Right. You know, like, um, so, so I kind of fell into that, it, but, you know, I think that, that uh, basically what you kind of have to do, you just kind of got to get fed up with doing something, you know, uh, so many times, you know, maybe uh-huh. it's redundancy or something. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe, maybe you're, you're just talking with your buddies and like, they're like, God, I hate doing X, Y, or Z, you know, like I hate right. moving files from one place to another, or I hate, I hate doing RFIs or I hate doing, you know, like change orders and stuff, you know, like, so, it, you know, you talk about that and you hear it enough and then you start kind of looking for things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and moving the the data around, you know, that you maybe may take a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there, a couple minutes here, you know, but so when you're doing it, you're, you're thinking, well, it's not that bad. It's only a couple minutes, but then you start adding those all up throughout the day. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're talking about an hour or two that you just spent during the day when it was just a couple of minutes here. Yeah. And it's just because you're doing the same task over and over and over. Like, that's what it was for me. Like when that, the story that I always tell with 360 sync is that, you know, when I was at Walsh, we, we had to move it to our server to three, to uh, BIM 360 and to SharePoint. So I was doing the same thing three times. So first time it didn't bother me, you know, second time I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. And then the third time I'd get interrupted with a call and I forget where I was, then I'd have to do the whole process over again. So it was like, that was really annoying. Yeah. So, you know, when someone asked me what was, you know, when, when our owner asked that to us, that's exactly what I thought of. I was like, God, I hated that. That was terrible. Maybe we can improve that, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So where and how do you uh, feel like you really get the value back through integrations? Um, you know, it's, it's time saved. I, I think that's, that's typically where, where, where you're going to get your, your value back. Um, uh, I can, you know, I can tell you, you know, for me, uh, what, what I always really enjoyed doing with, you know, when I, when I worked in BIM core as a BIM coordinator, or as a project engineer, I really enjoyed solving problems. I really didn't enjoy uh, managing data. I really enjoyed managing the project, right? That's mm-hmm. what I thought I was good at. That's what I enjoyed doing. Um, so if I could get more time doing that, then I had more fun at my job and I would be, and that was something that I was better at, you yeah. know, but then, uh, medial tasks like that, you know, I was, I did not like doing. Sure. So, so that's, you know, if you can figure out how to, you know, save, save time and, and get rid of doing things that you don't really like doing or that you don't, that are, that are time killers. That's where you're going to do it. I mean, you could, you know, yes, there's risk and then there's also money, but I think time saved, that's going to speed up the process. That's going to help all both, both of those things. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm all about that. And then it really helps kind of unleash that. Uh, It gives you the space for creative problem solving then. Cause if you're not, just in a time suck of these small menial tasks that could be automated. You have more bandwidth then to take on other things that most people would probably enjoy more. Yeah, exactly. You're not staying until seven o'clock, you know, to just to move 
things around or to do this stupid task, you know, you're fresh and ready to solve the problems that you're good at solving, you know, yeah. that that's what they pay you for, you know, really, they don't pay you to, to mindlessly do things, you know, that they, they want you to think about stuff. That's, that's what makes, that's what speeds the process along. That's what spe speeds the project along. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what are some potential pitfalls people should be really mindful of if they go down this path? Okay. So, um, like uh, a lot of times what we get stuck into is like, oh, well, I've got to move this up the food chain, you know, mm -hmm. uh, what people are looking for from, you know, their C-level or from their project manager or from the, you know, the directors or whatever, what, the, what those guys are looking for is just cold, hard facts and they want it clear and concise and small, right? How much time am I spending on this? How much time will this save me? What mm -hmm. does that equal in money? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so, you know, sometimes we do that with, with BIM 360. Sometimes we do that with 360 sync. Uh, I know that when, when I was doing, when I first started using BIM 360 on my project with Walsh, uh, I was doing it. I, I was told to try it out for quality control. And so, you know, I hated the process that I was doing there. I was like, well, I, I can't, you know, got nothing to lose. So I'm, I might as well try it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but definitely the biggest pitfall is like, is getting company buy-in, I think. And so again, typically what they're looking for is like a cost benefit analysis, you know, and it doesn't, when I say that, that probably is kind of scary to some people, but really all that it is, is how much time does this take me to do? How you know, and then how much time would it, you know, how much time would it save? And then how much does it cost? You know, and then also maybe think about what you're billed at. Like I always use just a hundred dollars as an example, cause that's just a nice, easy round number. You know, maybe you're billed at more of that. Maybe you're billed at less. I don't know, but basically you do that and then, you know, uh, you're, you're good, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's really getting at kind of the encouraging, uh, you know, people to convince the decision makers that this is the right strategy. How do you go about pulling in other people that maybe not, um, you know, the, the top decision maker, but other people that can come along and kind of yeah, give extra so, voice to this. So, yeah. So like, I guess in this instance, think about like the, um, like the, the superintendent that's, that's curmudgeon and like, you know, yeah. Oh, has been doing things this way for 20 years or the, the IT guy who's thinks that this is going to be a big time suck for him or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, like those outliers, you know, you've got to, you know, you know, sometimes you got to show them that that's going to do like, that's, that's always what I try to do. That's what we, we always try to do here whenever we're training. It's like, you know, you go after the, the, uh, the guy that's got his arms crossed like this in the meeting and like, <laughs> you know, mean mugging you yeah. and, and, and you try to make that guy an advocate. And if you can turn that guy around, then it's like everybody else is probably going to be turned around too. So, you know, you, you, you help, you, you just try to help them out. You push them in the right direction, I guess. But also you, you just got to, you answer their, their questions. You try to, you try to like that, that like the, the, the full company buying. Yeah. You've, you've got to answer that, the, those questions, the, the cost benefit analysis, and then just hold their hand with some of them. You know, if they don't see it, you know, you've got to, you've got to help make them see it, you know? And sometimes that means holding their hand, spending 15 minutes with them showing this is how, this is, this is what it's going to do. This is why it's going to, this is why this is good. 
The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP, MEP construction software for Revit. Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive, which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before it. Visit evolvemep.com and let them know we sent you. Have you noticed any patterns of what is kind of blinding some of those people, you know, you said, um, you know, help make them see it. What are some of those things that is a a sticking point for them? Yeah. So, so a lot of times, you know, change, like, you know, I'm sure that this is probably a topic that you always have on, on, on these is like change. No one likes it pretty much. Change is hard. It's, it's scary, you know, but uh, you know, if, especially with technology, um, but, uh, you know, if it, if you can just get them over the fear of the change, then I think that that's, you know, that's going to do you well. You've got to, you've just got to show them, Hey, this is going to work. Uh, you know, there's, there's always going to be those guys out there that are, you know, they're always going to shoot holes in everything. But really, I think another thing that you probably want to do is like when you're buying something, you want to see the potential in, in it. You know, so what can it do? Can it do X, Y, and Z? Yes. Can it do A, B, and C as well? Yes, that's great. But when you're starting out on it, you don't want to do A, you know, you don't want to do the full alphabet of stuff. Mm-hmm. You just want to do one thing. Good. Like I was saying at the beginning, find one thing that you were terrible at and figure out how you can improve on it. And if you can do that, then you can start doing two and three and four and five and, you know, six and seven things, right. you know, after that, you've got to start somewhere. So what, what are you bad at? And how can you make that better? And then does this thing, you know, do other things really well? If it does, then, you know, great. Then that's, a, you know, that's that's what you need to look at. But a lot of times I see companies try to bite off more than they can chew. They try to do everything mm-hmm. with, with, with a new piece of software. And that's just not going to typically work. You know, sometimes it will, but figure out one thing, one solution that you want to solve or one problem that you want to solve and 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 fix it with, with that software. And hopefully it does other things and then, you know, build on top of those things as it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for that snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. You, you start picking up momentum. Everybody gets excited. You prove that it works and then you're more likely to, to have future successes with that. Yeah. Uh, so the data that projects are, are generating is, is precious. You know, the, the old adage data is king. Uh, therefore security of that data should be a pretty big priority and concern for, for everybody. How do you go about ensuring the security of the data? Well, for for 360 Sync, uh, what's what's beneficial to us as compared to a lot of the our competitors, I guess, is that we install we're we're installed on a console. So that means you know we're installed on a computer that's behind your firewall, right? Uh-huh. And so you know, you're not putting your, your password out there past your firewall. Like it, you know, everything's coming through you and it's going out. So it's, so it's not, it's not as exposed. Right. So that's, that's really kind of helped us as far as security. You know, we've, we've definitely built our stuff so that it was, you know, it reached like the, as as high as security as as we needed, you know, we encrypt all of our files and all of our data and stuff, but, Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, th that's our biggest benefit for 360 sync is that it's, it's behind your firewall. So it's, it's kind of already protected. Yeah. Interesting. What do you think some of the, the biggest challenges firms face with file and, and data transfers and, and then how did they overcome that? Yeah. So right now, everybody is using multiple, they're, they're, they're using multiple things to, to, uh, to, to store their data. And so, you know, one place has one thing, another place has uh, other data and it doesn't have what, what the first place had. And then the third place, you know, it's, it's, you know, so that's a mess. So they're, mm -hmm. they're just, they're ever, they're segmented basically. Mm -hmm. So that, that's the first thing that I see both with data and with files. Um, you know, the, the second thing is that, um, there's no uniformity across any company, basically. And so what I mean by that is, you know, someone may care about, you know, like a specific uh, thing in the submittal, or maybe, maybe like when 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 they're doing issues inside of BIM 360, there may be uh, certain root, they, they may care about root causes. Other companies may not care at all about root causes. They may just mm -hmm. wanna know, who it was assigned to or whatever. So there's no uniformity for any, for anybody. And so, so then that makes it hard for, you know, for them, for someone to find exactly what they're looking for, because there's no across the board thing that does this thing that they're looking to do. Right. So mm -hmm. um, the, the uniformity thing, you know, even if you're like looking at BIM 360 or if you're looking at Procore or you're looking at some other thing, right. Plan grid, whatever, you know, all those things, they, 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 they name attributes differently, right? Mm -hmm. So, so there's no uniformity anywhere. So it's, it's right. kind of confusing. Where do you stick, you know, the bit of data in this one place to this bit of data in BIM 360, you know? So that's, that's been a, a big problem right there is that it's just, it's not uniform. So it, it almost kind of forces you to be custom. Yeah. You have to be an expert on every single platform out yeah. there in order to know At least the ones that it. you have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to hear the the story of, of 360 sync and how it kind of came about. Yeah. So I've, uh, this is something that I tell all the time. So, you know, I've, like I said, I've been here for, for almost it. Well, I'm going on six years. It's so it's five years and, and a half or so. And um, so before that I was a BIM coordinator and I was a uh, project engineer with Walsh and you know, like I've said a couple of times in this, it was my job to move files from BIM 360 or to BIM 360, our server and SharePoint whenever they came in. Mm -hmm. And it took me at least an hour today, a day to do. It was something that I hated doing. And it was something that I waited till the end of the day to do because I didn't want to be interrupted and then have to start the whole process over because I forgot where I was in, in the process or whatever. So mm -hmm. You know, fast forward to when I came here to Applied Software, um, our owner, Richard Burroughs, always asks the question to us, um, technical types, what's a broken workflow in your industry? Mm -hmm. So he asked me that. And, and so then he partnered me up with uh, our developer, Jason Faulkner, and we built 360 Sync to solve that problem. So basically, we built it to move files from our server to BIM 360. So that was any version of BIM 360. So we did that. So that's kind of exactly how it came about about four years ago. We just built it just to work with that. Mm -hmm. 
Nice. So is that kind of the, the primary use case then for 360 sync or are there some other ones? Uh, so, yeah, so um, people uh, use it uh, for, to, to go from, you know, to and from BIM 360. They use it to go to and from SharePoint or Procore. There's a whole bunch of different places. We just did Bluebeam um, a couple of uh, months ago. Um, you know, so, so we can take files to or from every, any, just about anywhere. Um, the, the second thing that we built it to do this year was we, we have it so that we can actually publish models from the Revit for, you know, the Revit cloud models so that everybody does that. Cause what we, uh -huh. I heard millions and millions of times, it seems like whenever we would get on a BIM 360 design call is that, well, such and such always forgets to publish his model. And so I don't know what the heck he's doing. And so that slows the project up. Yeah. And so we created, we, we made it so that you could publish all of your models automatically nice. on the project whenever you wanted to. So that's the second thing it does. Um, you know, it does a couple of other things, but you know, that's, that's the main thing that it does right now. Those are the two main things. Yeah. What's the most creative use case uh, a client has, has used 360 sync for? Ooh, wow, that is a good question. Um, uh, I mean, like I've I've had customers, uh, <laughs> I've had customers move their files from um, from one portion of BIM 360 to the same portion in the same project. That that kind of blew my mind. <laughs> um, uh, we've we've had we've had customers. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, Ah, man, that you, you've kind of—that's a really good question. Like, uh, we've we've done, um, we've had we've had some customers move it to like four places, which really blows my mind that they have four different places that they have to store documents. Yeah. Um, um, you know, like there's 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 even been like uh, we, we've we've talked with like a law firm one time, and so that one was kind of cool. Like it was completely out of our typical customer thing so that that like you know they're using it to to, to back up their server and, uh -huh. and and their dropbox and stuff so that was kind of cool nice um, so so i would say that the you know those are probably the most the, those are our cr most creative ones i guess yeah cool oh well, i understand you guys are working on kind of a, a big overhaul and, and new features coming into 360 sync anything you can can share out to to tease those yeah so um a couple of things. So we're doing basically a, an entire code overhaul. Um, we're we're going to make it so that it's it's a kind of the user interface is going to be completely uh, redone. So it's going to be uh, there's going to be less clicks. It's going to look more modern, uh, more sleek. Um, it's going to be easier to connect to multiple things. Like one of the things that uh, our customers say a lot is if they're using SharePoint. Um, or glue or something like that, they can only connect to one um, site. And mm -hmm. so we're gonna make it so that it's a whole lot easier to connect to multiple things. Um, we're building it so that it'll be able to be, you know, um, deployed uh, in, a, in a number of different ways. Um, uh, you know, and then we're, we're looking to, to start moving data here too in the, in the future. So, so that's, those are all the things that we're looking to do. Um, I would say that the user interface and the, the improvements, those are going to probably, hopefully, you know, by the end of January, we'll have those. So nice. um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, how do people get a hold of you and, and find out more about 360 Sync? 
Yeah. So, you know, you can just email me uh, at, you know, mreuter at uh, asti.com. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm just Michael Reuter with Applied Software. Um, you know, that's that's how you can do that. Or you can always just come to our website and just go uh, to asti.com slash support slash downloads. And that is going to let you download 360 Sync. Uh, you'll fill out a little form right there and then we'll we'll get in touch with you. We'll do a demo. I'll help you set everything up. Um, we'll just we'll just have a good conversation about it and we'll we'll um, we'll go, we, you can go from there. Awesome. So last question, what does innovation mean to you? Um, what does innovation mean to me? So uh, innovation means uh, solving a problem that you didn't that that most people didn't know they had um, mm. solving that and then, you know, changing the game for everybody. That's, that's what it means to me. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Well, Michael, thanks so much for, for taking the time and coming on the show. Thanks Todd. Have a good rest of the day. Yeah, you too. And now it's time for my Todd takes from this episode. First thought, keep in mind the snowball effect. You do not have to fix all of your problems in one take. It's okay to build momentum and take one issue at a time. This allows for a more manageable process while also creating momentum and excitement to build on. Second, when looking at new tech or integrations, start with a cost benefit analysis. It does not have to be anything crazy and intimidating. Look at how much time it's currently taking and compare that against the cost and how much time it's gonna save. Do not discount the value of time saved. It is a precious commodity. Finally, I loved when Michael said, find something that you are weaker at and seek to improve that. It is important to take time to have honest self-reflection. Sometimes having that conversation with an objective third party is needed to really think through things with clear eyes. And headed into the new year, we are at a perfect time to pause and reflect and do just that. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you're interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software at asti.com for more information. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. As always, I'm Todd Lyon, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Bridging the Gap is directed by Todd Lyon. Edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an Applied Software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.